Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I'm your host, Nisar Ahmad, and I'm the founder and editor of the blog, careermedis.com. And this is episode 37 of the Career Medis Podcast. And uh, for today's episode, we have a returning guest. Uh, a few episodes ago, we spoke, we spoke to Brian Howard, author of The Motivated Job Search. During that particular interview, Brian shared some great tips about the entire job search process from beginning to end. Right from uh, searching, starting to creating a resume, all the way to a successful job offer. Now, in this particular episode, we will speak on the topic of networking. Uh, and Brian is an expert on the topic. He has coached clients all across the country on this topic, and he has also written a book called The Motivated Networker. Today, we'll also hear more about the book. Uh, hey, Brian, welcome back to the Career Medis Podcast. Hi, Nassar. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's uh, the last day of the year uh, for everyone. This is the, uh, this, this, this being recorded on December 31st, so it is uh, exciting. That's all. Well, how about yourself? Yeah, it is. Oh, I can't complain. Looking forward to 2017. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the funny thing I always say at the end of every year is, wow, this year went by very quickly. All I remember is January 1st, 2016, and here we are. No doubt. All right. So, Brian, I uh, wanted to get into the topic of networking, and it is something that almost every career coach, including yourself, have uh, talked to me about. So, uh, in your book, The Motivated Networker, you provide a definition for networking that I'd like you to comment on. Um, you, you, have, you specifically define networking this way. This is a, an excerpt from your book. Uh, professional networking is developing and maintaining reciprocal relationships with other professionals that over time could result in a career or business opportunity. The power of a network is measured by the number and quality of relevant relationships you have. Yeah, it's, it's a simple definition. I mean, it's just two sentences long. So let's kind of take it apart. Let's, let's examine some of the, uh, the important words that are in the definition, okay? Professional networking is developing, okay? There's the first word. Understand that professional networks are not granted to you. They're not granted to anyone. They are built. That means you have to reach out. That means that you have to connect with other professionals. Professional networking is developing and maintaining. Now, there's the second word, maintaining. Once you create a professional connection or a relationship, it's got to be nurtured, okay? And, and nurtured can run from a simple momentary interaction or it can be a long conversation, okay? The point is that you, there's got to be some appropriate level of interaction equivalent to the type of relationship that there is. Reciprocal. The relationships must be reciprocal. Networking is a two-way street. The foundational concept of networking is to give or help mm -hmm. and each person can receive when the time is right the mantra is those who give 
get. Okay, that kind of covers the first sentence, but now let's get into the second second. The power of the network is measured by the number and quality of relevant relationships you have. The phrase measured by the number. To be truly useful and powerful, a network must be populated with enough contacts for your job search purposes and for, frankly, your, your business purposes. A small, real tight network is fine. But you have to be conscientious of the fact, is it large enough to move forward? And then finally, the quality, uh, relevant relationships. I mean, your network must have the right kinds of connections. For the purposes of the job search, the right kind of connections are those that can hire you or help you. That's kind of the way it wraps up, at least from a definitional standpoint. No, that's... Uh... Thanks for clarifying that because I think uh, you've given a thorough definition of what networking is. Everybody has different perceptions. I think you've covered all the important facets. So thanks for doing that. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the mentality or the mindset. Uh, you write about some. You write about something called a networking mentality, and uh, mm -hmm. basically you identify several attributes and attitudes that can make someone's job search uh, more effective. Uh, can you talk about these attitudes or mindsets? There are several of them, and they're really, uh, I mean, certainly not hard, but you just have to be aware of them. I mean, to truly be a successful networker, you know, for a job or for that matter in, in business in general, it's imperative that you embrace certain attitudes to make your efforts, you know, effective, all right? The first is it, it's a matter of being sincere, a skilled professional networker shows genuine interest in the relationships and communications with others. That means taking the time to have meaningful engagements properly gauged by the depth of the relationship. Now, I just touched on that just a second ago. This could mean a 30-minute conversation, or it could be just a brief exchange of emails at the, at the right time. The attitude of being helpful. I mean, this goes absolutely straight to the heart of proper professional networking. You have to offer to help. Give others what they need and they will return the favor. Always be on the lookout to provide value to others whenever you can with the expectation of receiving nothing in return. And that means giving unselfishly. The rewards will come later as the level of trust and rapport grows. You also learn when you, when you do your networking, you know, what is of interest to your connections. And if you discover an item, you know, it could be an article, it could be a referral, it could be a business lead, there are, there are so many more, and you feel comfortable that it would have substantial or noteworthy value to the connection, by all means, Pass it along to them. Then there's the attitude of staying present. And this one is important because, you know, as you, as you network, be present in the moment, whether interacting on a face-to-face -face basis, by telephone, even online, give your undivided attention to your contact. There's nothing more, anything more discomforting when you're networking with someone and all they're doing is looking over your shoulder to see who else that they can talk to or it might be somebody, you know, perhaps more important in their mind's eye than you. That's not proper networking. Proper networking is being present 
there at the time. And then that kind of leads into the next attitude. It's really a communication style. It's listening. You know, the best networkers in the world do one thing really well. They listen. They quiet themselves, become present in the moment, just like I spoke just a minute ago, okay? And they listen to learn. The more you listen and ask questions, the more rapport you build. By actively listening, you will often learn what others need so you can help them when the time is right. Obviously, you, you want to have a positive attitude. Overall, always approach your networking with a positive uh, attitude. People enjoy being around people who are positive and have an optimistic view on life. Your connections will want to engage with you because they'll begin to look forward to, to seeing you because nobody wants to engage with a known sad sack. You've got to have patience when you're networking and you've got to play for the long term. Approach your networking as an investment that will grow in value over time. When you do it right, it can pay dividends for the life of your career. And then you have to, uh, you have to follow up. Following up after an engagement is absolutely critical to the development of the networking relationship. When it's done timely and professionally, it's going to differentiate you from others, and it's going to elevate you in the mind of the person that you, uh, you interacted with. When you promise to do something as a result of a networking interaction, by all means, follow up and do it. And now when you embrace these attitudes, and none of them are hard, you're going to approach your networking communications with the right frame of mind, and you'll develop more quality, relevant relationships faster that will last longer and, you know, arguably and potentially for your entire career. Well, that, that is uh, very extensive, and thanks for going uh, into great depth there, because uh, if I can summarize what I felt and what I heard is it's, it's, there's a lot of core concepts about being sincere, being someone who actually adds value, gives, and also who puts in time into that relationship to nurture that. So there's a lot of it's uh, it's a lot of key tidbits there. So thanks for summarizing that, and, and that that's the message I got. It's also about adding value, giving, and uh, staying in touch. Absolutely, exactly. Okay, perfect. Going back to the job search, uh, I've heard this many times, and you hear this every time. Everyone hears this uh, that. One of the most effective methods to land a new job is not by applying on job boards, but by networking. So in your opinion, uh, and you have coached a lot of clients on this concept, why is networking so effective compared to any other traditional job search methods? Here's the thing. When you're networking and you're talking to people and, and things begin to, people refer you, to other people and things like that, what you're going to get into is tapping into the hidden job market. You know, networking gets you connected to opportunities through people that are frequently under the radar. A lot of times the, the position uh, isn't even advertised or not advertised yet. And so you're engaging in opportunities that, you know, really aren't public knowledge a lot of times. Uh, the networking component of it, of a job search, can be decrease the time that it takes to land a new job for that reason alone. Uh, it's a proactive, networking is a proactive job search tactic. People you know or have been referred to are more likely to speak and meet with you because of the referral, because of the connection. And the more communications you have, 
the closer you're getting to the next job offer. And it also, I mean, networking also, you know, reduces competition because posted jobs, as you mentioned, you know, can and often do draw a pile of resumes. A lot of them aren't even remotely qualified. And by being networked into it, it can make you a preferred candidate from a, of a much smaller candidate pool. I mean, I, I heard a stat here not too long ago, I read it, where if you get referred in by way of networking to a position, you have a one in seven chance of getting that job. If you come in online or post through an online you know, application or something like that, it's sourced to one in 118. That's less than 1%. You know, you choose the odds you want. That's kind of the, the essence of the power of networking right there. You know, and, and networking, I mean, it introduces you through it's a common connection and it can expand your network overall. You know, people do business predominantly with people that they know, they like, and respect. And as you get networked in and could get referred into opportunities, you're getting an upper hand. And by all means, you know, the networking, it's practice for interviewing and it builds self-confidence because networking creates phone conversations. It creates lunch dates. It, it creates research interviews. And these are opportunities to, to practice interviewing skills. to will boost your self-confidence and awareness. And it gives you a good feeling that you're moving forward in your job search. And those feelings of success, that improves your overall communication. It leads to better interviews, having confidence. It simply creates a better feeling that you're moving the job search forward and you're going to do better in the interviews and it's going to lead to more job offers. Hope I didn't ramble too much on that one. No, no, that, that is really great. I mean, uh, it talks about all the benefits of networking because it, it tells you, it gives me the reasons why networking is so powerful, especially that that, that particular stack really stood out for me because you said that if I apply a job on a job board, my odds of getting that job is 1 in 118, which is, which is a lot, an increasing odd versus if I do it by networking, it is, uh, the odds are much, much higher. So that itself should be, a, should be an eye-opener for people listening to this. So the next thing I want to talk about is one of the things I've come across in your book. It's, it's unique concepts I came across. Uh, you talk about two levels of networking connections. One is something called your cabinet and the other is your sales company. So can you talk about both? Uh, maybe starting off with what, what, what do you mean by your cabinet? This, is, uh, this gets into some very interesting concepts and pretty cool stuff. Let me play it this way, okay? For example, President of the United States has a cabinet, okay, as does most countries in some form. It's a select group of trusted advisors. In, now, in the United States, that's composed of the vice president and the heads of the executive departments of the government. In total 16, uh, thereabouts, uh, not including others, you know, who the president can designate as it at his discretion. Okay? The, the punchline here is for a job seeker, they also need to create a cabinet of trusted advisors. Now, here's a definition, okay, uh, that they created that, that can guide the thinking and the selection of developing, you know, the cabinet, Okay? Professional networking in cabinet is a select group of people in your professional life who you trust and can call upon knowing that they will un undoubtedly help you in any way reasonably possible. 
Now, this can include providing you with advice, introductions, mentorship, tough love, referrals, insight, recommendations, and, and many other things. It, too, is a reciprocal relationship, knowing that they can count on you as they need it in, in, in the same way. Now, let's take it apart a little bit. It's a select group. Your cabinet is likely small. Somewhere in that five to maybe ten people, maybe a little more, but that's about it. Okay, and these are people that you, that you created and maintain close relationships. It's likely that the cabinet will be people that you've de developed and are currently developing a very close personal uh, and actually more professional relationship. They are from your professional life. Your cabinet is a group of people from the professional life. Now, these may, people may become your friends, but the foundation generally starts from your professional interactions. You gotta be able to trust them. These people must be trustworthy. They are in large part confidants to whom you can be vulnerable regarding professional matters and they'll undoubtedly help you. These are people you can count on. They have your best interest at heart. They're in essence your go-to inner circle and they're gonna help you in any reasonable way. You got to understand, you know, like in all things, and you got to appreciate there are limits. You know, and give an example the president's cabinet, president of the United States cabinet, each member has an area of expertise. They have their own departments. And this is going to be true with your cabinet. And actually, you want your cabinet to be a little diverse so that they have unique abilities and connections and so on. And finally, it's a reciprocal relationship. And with any network or relationship, there must be a two way street. To be productive, you must be willing to give when your fellow cabinet member needs you. Now, your, this cabinet is, is really important to create and, and to have. They're the people that you can rely upon professionally when you're in a pinch. They are the foundation of your network overall. How many people do you know you can contact almost immediately and ask for help with confidence? that you will receive help. If that number is not at least five, maybe 10, you need to begin developing those types of relationships. And remember, your cabinet are your people that will undoubtedly help. They are your 100 percenters. If you call upon them, they will do what they can to help you. Now that's the cabinet. That's a great analogy uh, and thanks for uh, explaining that. So the next concept you also explain is what is uh, there's something called sales company and so what is what is your sales company then? Okay, now that goes to the next layer. You got your cabinet and your cabinets at the base. They're the foundation. The next layer is your sales company, and the words um, were chosen by design. Okay, let's let's talk about the first one, sales. It is a sales company, as you know, and everyone should. Salespeople promote the products and, and services of their employer. They assist buyers. They are ambassadors in the market for their employers. And, and they provide market intelligence and feedback, you know, regarding market events, okay? By analogy, a job seeker or, or you, you want to create a layer of connections that will assist you, that will promote you. They will be ambassadors in the job market when given an opportunity and provide you market intelligence and feedback. Now, these are people 
you have a good professional collegial relationship with. You've interacted with them professionally, uh, perhaps socially at some level. These are people you are reasonably sure, though not completely, now that would be your, your cabinet, will help you in providing and lending a hand if the opportunity presents itself. Now, let's kind of put it into percentages. Your, your cabinet is 100%. You know they're going to be there for you. Now, your sales company may be 60%. People you can call on who you are, you feel more, that they're more likely than not to help you. And then this can range from, you know, reactions from them when you need something on the job thing. I'll keep my eyes open. You might want to read this article about XYZ company. You might want to now work with Kip Sawyer. You get these where you say, call Ruth, Ruth Moore, uh, my boss, we're looking. Okay, all of those come from kind of your, the sales component of that definition. Always be a professional network and thank anyone who responds to your offer to help at any time. Now, let's move to the next word, company. The concept is a sales company. We talked about sales. Let's talk about the word company. The, the word company, I chose it for its military definition. A military company is 100 to 200 soldiers. Therefore, if we kind of pick the, pick the midpoint, your sales company should be somewhere around 150 contacts. Now, the 150 number also has some scientific basis. It happens to be called, it happens to be what's called the Dunbar number. And that was created by British anthropologist Robin Dunbar. And the punchline on that is that based on his studies, he theorized that there was a numerical limit to the number of individuals with whom a stable and a personal relationship can be maintained. Guess what? The magic number is 150. Okay, here's the point. You want to have about 150 connections in your sales company. Okay, we got the cabinet, we got the sales company. Now let's think through just for a second the power of what this can mean for the job search. Let's assume that you have a healthy network. You got 10 cabinet members and 150 in your sales company. Now, let's assume that only 40% of your sales company actually provides any assistance in your job search. Now remember, initially I said 60%. So we're being pessimistic about the level of help just for this example, okay? So let's do some math. 40% of 150 is 60, plus 10, your cabinet, remember, is 10, and they're 100%. That gets you to 70. So you have 70 sales reps, in essence, promoting you in some measure in your job search. Think about that for just a second. Ponder it. That's a lot. You can begin to grasp the importance and the power of a healthy network, especially for your job search. Cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very exciting uh, uh, and interesting concepts. Uh, you're going from someone who is struggling to get a job and you have 70 people promoting you. So that is that sounds very exciting. The thing of it is, is the, the power of networking is really strong, okay? And the, and the punchline, though, is that you have to develop your 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 network before you really kind of need it. You can't, and I, I, I talk to candidates, and I have, where 
all of a sudden they they really haven't paid attention to it. They've been doing their job. Now all of a sudden they're in a job search, and I talked to them about networking, and then especially when you get into LinkedIn, and I said, well, how many connections and professional connections do you have on LinkedIn? Oh, I don't use that very much. Oh, here, I, th- I think there's around 40. Oh, okay. Well, now they're kind of in a pinch on the networking to a degree, okay, because they don't have an act- they don't have a button to push or a lever to pull on the networking part by reaching out to a healthy network. They're handicapped. So the point here is that you, you need to think ahead when you start thinking about networking and start developing it in advance of whatever you need. It may be a business need. It may be a job search need. It's hard to say. Actually, as you were uh, commenting on that, uh, you, you brought up an important concept which I was just about to ask. Now, I believe LinkedIn has <laughs> changed uh, in the last five to ten years has been a game changer when it comes to networking. Uh, is it? Uh, my question is, is it? Or like, if it is, how important is LinkedIn or your LinkedIn profile when it comes to networking? It's very important. It's imperative, frankly. I mean, when, when people network with you, um, they're often going to look you up on LinkedIn, okay? And that profile has got to be presentable. It's got to be up to grade. Uh, and then, frankly, it should be optimized. And, you know, that's kind of a term of art. Um, but it's got to have keywords. The keywords have got to be in the right place. Uh, it's got to be complete. Uh, and it's got to be compelling. It's got to have information in there enough to inform and persuade someone mentally uh, from an impression standpoint that, that you're a good person, that you're a quality person. So it's, it's, it's getting to the point from a professional standpoint that it's just absolutely imperative. So, so far, Brian, we have covered a lot of ideas, concepts, the importance, the extent of pre-networking, etc. So if someone wanted to take action, um, in your opinion, what are some uh, fertile uh, networking groups uh, they can join or get involved in? Yeah. Um, you know, part of being a successful networker um, has to do on where do you go, all right? Uh, some of them that, that, that are really good places is first any industry associations. They are prime targets. Some of the most proficient networkers on the planet are members of an association. I just get a bang out of interacting with others and connecting others. And in a lot of the national associations have local chapters and events. And so if you're in a particular um, industry that has, you know, one or two national associations that are well-known, check and see if there are local chapters. Uh, and that will get you dialed in locally, and, and, and it can leapfrog you into the national scene. There's a good, a couple of good, uh, I guess, commercial-level networking groups. One's uh, Business Network International. It's a real good one to be involved in. It's got chapters on almost, I think, every major continent on the planet. Uh, there's a new one I discovered here not too long ago called Network After Work. It's a little bit more uh, local um, in flavor, at least that I can tell, but it's getting some good traction. The, the, your, your local chamber of commerce often has networking events, so that can get you dialed in. And then you can, you can uh, get into the philanthropic and the civic organizations. Those can be uh, populated with people that, that can help you. 
And then there's the, the, the kind of the unique concept, kind of a, a one by one, is um, kind of dial into professionals that rely upon networking as a part of their professional survival. I mean, some people would, I mean, would the um, real estate agents are really good financial planners. You know, they're commercial lenders, and, and there are others. But those that rely on their livelihood with regard to the networking are wonderful sources as well, especially on a local basis. Okay, that's great. That's some great uh, places where people can get started. Uh, now, we have covered a lot of things about how, how to do and what to do. I, I, I always like to ask these questions because sometimes it's always good to know where people can go wrong. So, Brian, what are some common networking mistakes uh, people make uh, when they're looking for a job? Yeah, um, the, the one I see sometimes is not being intellectually selective on who you're networking with. I mean, for the purposes of a job search, um, I mean, the, the, the concept is that you want to network with those that, that can hire you or help you, okay? And a lot of times you can, some people fall into networking with people that, you know, cannot move your job search forward. I mean, kind of an absurd example is networking with a pastry chef when you're a robotics engineer. I mean, that's just they're not going to get you anywhere, okay? Another one is, is the targeting, which is I kind of, you, you really do need to target the people uh, that can help you or hire you in some way. I just kind of mentioned on that. You know, a lot of people get into the socializing too much. You know, this comes especially true when you go to uh, events, you know, the national conferences and things like that, especially if you're looking for a job and, and, it's, and it's kind of the primary purpose. It's easy to get dialed up with some friends. It's easy to, to hang out with, you know, each other. It's, it, but, you know, networking for a job is networking with a purpose, and you got to use your time wisely. The other thing I would say is that you've got to uh, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Um, the more uncomfortable you might be in networking and meeting new people, could be a positive sign, frankly, uh, that you're making progress. And uh, the other thing is a failure to follow up. You know, if you promise something, you're going to do something. By all means, find out a way to get the contact information and, and get that to them. We have covered a lot of ground today. Uh, uh, some unique ideas that I have personally have not come across were shared. So thank you very much for that. Um, I learned a lot. So what I will also do is when I'm writing up the summary, I will include the link to the book that we have referred throughout this interview and also to your website. Before we wrap up, uh, any final thoughts, any, any last words that you would like to add the probability, uh, and I, I think the statistics are somewhere in the 60 to 80 percent, the chances that you're going to get your job through networking is somewhere between 60 and 80 percent through some form. It's huge, okay? Now, there's a ton of other things that you have to do with regard to a successful job search overall, but the number one driver of, towards success is going to be networking, and once you learn how to do it well and you stick to it, it's going to pay you dividends that you can't even imagine today. That's a, that's a great punchline or a great way to wrap up the episode. Thanks, Brian. Once again, thanks for coming back as a guest. Uh, it's always a pleasure to learn from you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Not a problem.
Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medics Podcast. I, as mentioned, I have written a brief summary of the interview along uh, in the form of a blog post. If you like what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Medics Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a review or a comment. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share the episode on your social media feed and among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Medics Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.